Welcome back to the Big Dreamers Bible Podcast. I am your host and your mindset coach, Tanya Jane. And oh my gosh, you guys, today's conversation and today's guest is going to blow your mind. We have Melissa Noel here with us today, who is also known on all socials as Angels and Earthlings. And we are diving into the journey of souls. We're going to talk about why souls continue to come to this earth and desire a human experience, ages of souls, soulmates, spirit guides, like all of these burning questions we have about our lives, we're going to talk about it today. With that being said, I also want to put out a disclaimer before we get into this episode that myself and my guest, Melissa, we are going to be talking about a soul completing their journey in this physical experience and moving through a death experience and how this plays a beautiful part in our soul's journey. So I would just advise viewer discretion in listening to that section of the episode if you feel this is a topic you do not want to dive into at this season or time in your life. This episode is going to be incredible. If you are open and ready to see the depths of who we really are and how the lives we are currently living have so much more to them, you're going to love this. Okay. With that being said, let's get to the episode. Melissa, welcome to the Big Dreamers Bible Podcast. I am so honored to have you here and just so excited that it's you and we're doing this and you're here. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I spent I spent the better part of this morning just like really feeling into what I wanted to share today and just kind of like allowing my higher self and my soul to guide the, you know, conversation and what I'm sharing instead of the ego that is Melissa. But the ego that is Melissa is super excited to be here because, you know, I'm like such a huge fan of you, Tanya. I've been in your world for a couple of years now, and I know the magic that you have. And it's just so fun to be able to be on the other side of it now to where like I can share some magic magic with you that like you weren't necessarily, uh, you know, highly involved in or, or had in your experience before. So this is just a beautiful culmination of our work together. It seriously is. And I like even just got chills of you being like, I spoke to my higher self. I'm like, yes, what did they say? Tell us. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. And before we get into it, I'm going to toot my own horn for like one minute. So just let me like toot, toot away. So you guys, Melissa, <laughs> Melissa has been in my world for years. And what is actually crazy, I was thinking about this before we got started. You and I connected because I was a guest on a, a podcast Back in 2022, the Strip Down podcast with one of my close friends, Miles, that's how you found me. And then we connected and then long story short, now we're here. You have a podcast, I have a podcast, and we're doing this on a podcast. You have just created such a magical life for yourself. And in the episode that was a few weeks ago, I shared the interview that I did on your podcast. And in that intro, I was sharing with the community that you were my very first client who bought my very first program ever. Like you, that was the mindset makeover. That was the original. And you were the first one. I remember you sent me a Facebook message and you were like, I'd done a a Facebook live and you're like, I don't know like what it is, but I just know I need to be in this. Like I'm in, you were my first ever sign up to my first ever program. So you'll always have that title. You will always be so special to me. But it was the magic really like catapulted last year during 
Turn Your Passion to Your Paycheck program, which was my first program where I started to actually share how to start an online business, how to create your own money, how to like, you know, break free of like society and that structure and start working for yourself and living this life. And you were also the first person to sign up for that in that moment. And I remember because I was on um, my engagement anniversary weekend and I just thought about it and I was like, I haven't even figured out if this is going to be the title. I'm just going to put it on my story. And you're like, I'm in. Then, <laughs> then you sent me a DM being like, like it was like a few days later being like, hey, I actually don't even have a business. I don't even know what I would even do. Can I still do this program? And I was like, girl, of course, come in. A week into that, you're like, it hit. I'm going to start a podcast. It's called Angels and Earthlings. I'm going to dive into past life regression. And then you got on TikTok and we had a call and I was like, I just feel like you are going to pop off on TikTok. And you did. The views were hitting millions. Like you just freaking went for it and it happened and you trusted your gut. And here you are with a business, a podcast, a pump and TikTok, like this is just evidence of what can unfold when you just trust the nudge. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know how it's all going to unfold. And here you are. Anyway, that was a long tangent, but your story is so magical. And I just feel honored to be a part of even the slightest bit of it. I feel honored to be like the OG, <laughs> you know, like in your world, um, one of the first uh, to start. And I know you have some like OG dancers because you were doing heels privates and stuff. But as far as like the mindset stuff, I was just drawn to your energy, Tanya. And that's like one of the things I love most about you is you have an infectious energy. You are high vibe, you're high energy. And for me, someone who's I'm always high vibe, but my energy is like a little bit softer. I really resonated with you because you kind of called me up and you opened, you broadened my perspective to what was available to me. And you really placed so much emphasis on the value of following those little nudges. And like, I had already done a lot of self-development work before I even entered into your world and the mindset makeover. And so I remember that moment thinking like, I've already done a lot of work, but I'm sure there's still more that I could do. And so I'm going to go for this. And it was like, I, I credit a lot of my journey to like that moment, because that was the moment that opened up this whole new path for me. And then another major milestone was doing turn your passion into your paycheck, because it was like, I had had, I had like all of like my purpose had been like gestating kind of along the way and like slowly coming through in different ways. But like when I signed up for that program, again, like you said, like I didn't even have a business. I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I had an idea, but like it wasn't fully baked yet. Mm -hmm. And within like a week of signing up, I was like, it was like me making that declaration to the universe that like I'm ready the downloads just started pouring in and coupled with your mentorship, it just like fast-tracked me to, to where I am now. Oh my God. Well, like just over here screaming, like this has been the first section of the podcast, just love bombing each other, but okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I hear you and I appreciate you. And I'm oh, so honored. Literally my heart is beaming. So Melissa, let's, let me, ask, let me get my questions going. 
Start with your journey in regards to how you even got into past life regression, journey of the souls. Like, where did this come from? Where did this interest in this come from? And how did you get it get started? Well, I think like on a soul level, it's always been a part of my soul's energetic signature and blueprint. And I just realized it in the physical in many different ways. Like this is a journey that really started from childhood. Like I always had this fascination with past lives, the concept of reincarnation. I remember being young and just kind of thinking about like, oh, what could I have been in a past life? And although I was raised within, you know, a Catholic household, I also had this understanding that like there was something beyond what I was learning and what was being taught to me. And as I became a teenager, like the fascination deepened. Um, but it wasn't until much later in life, like within the last like three or four years that like my physical experiences just started like really pushing me like into that path. You know, when I sort of narrowed my perspective into like, okay, I, I want to follow my soul's purpose and I don't know where this is leading. I know I have these passions and curiosities that I want to dive deeper into. So I'm just going to start exploring that. And I did about like, I, I, I discovered, uh, some of the pioneers in the field of past life regression, Dolores Cannon and Dr. Michael Newton and Dr. Brian Weiss. And I spent like two years just reading all of their works and listening to sessions from other practitioners out there. And I, I kind of knew like, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is the field that I want to go into. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. And I also forgot to mention this, but I did a session with you. We like did a past life regression session and it was unreal like so mind-bending so mind-boggling and just so like the presence that I felt in the room like it was it was chills it was incredible so you're like meant to do this work because experiencing your work firsthand like there's no way you could just cultivate that energy when you don't know how to do that yourself, like you're so destined for this. And I'm not shocked that this is where life has led you. So I feel like the big question that, you know, everyone kind of plays on and everyone has their own beliefs and probably, you know, and feels into souls and past lives and how all that plays in their own reality in their own way. But I feel like a big question that everyone kind of always comes to is like, why do we keep coming back? If souls do have past lives, like, what is the deal? What is the purpose? Is there a goal? Like, are we here for a specific reason? And why do we keep reincarnating as a human in different timelines? So can you give us a little insight on like a soul's journey and like what the goal of it, basically? Yeah, absolutely. This is a question that we all have, right? Like, what's the point of it all? Why are right. we here? Um and I'll definitely dive deep into that. I think before I answer that question, like it's important to kind of set the stage and frame and define like what is a soul, right? So at a soul level, we are energy and energy cannot be created, nor can it be destroyed. Mm. Energy just is. 
And at a soul level, that's what we are, this eternal divine energy that has always existed and that will always exist in some form or another. And although that energy is like currently focused in this physical vessel at this time and place, it's not actually representative of the totality of that which we truly are. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I'll get into like why we come into this physical experience, but I think it's important to set the stage and frame that perspective that as humans, like we intellectually have one idea of what we are and from a soul perspective, we have a much broader definition of what we are. And what I have found through my research and through my work is that this physical reality is, is just a projection of consciousness. It's an illusion. Spirit is our natural state. We're there right now. We've, we've never left it. Mm. The idea that we leave spirit and go into a physical reality is really a misunderstanding. Oh yeah. You're focusing a part of your spiritual consciousness into a type of dream that we call physical reality, but the majority of you is still in spirit and is still aware of the fact that you're in spirit. So this experience that we call life on earth and the reincarnation cycle, it's like we've sort of split our soul into a physical and a non-physical count like component. And the physical component forgets about the non-physical and becomes fully enmeshed in this illusion of separation. And the higher mind, the non-physical part is always guiding us from the mountaintop. So we come into this earth experience to experience. That's why we're here. It's part of the journey of remembering. I think that's a huge part of why we come here. As a soul, we are all knowing and we are in a different dimension where time does not exist and physical um experiences do not exist and our soul craves learning and development and experience and that's why we come into bodies into an earthly incarnation because here we can experience with all five senses everything that is we can experience our emotionality in the full spectrum of what it is to be human meaning we can experience one extreme of, of deep heartbreak and pain and loss and suffering. And we can equally experience the other end of that, which is ecstasy of love and connection and happiness and fulfillment. And that's not necessarily available in the same way in the spirit world. That's so that's why we come to earth. There is a goal there is something that we are trying to achieve by coming back and reincarnating as all these different humans and all these different times on earth. And I think the overarching goal is to learn and develop and to grow as a soul in ways that we're not able to do in the spirit realm. And so we come to earth and we make all these agreements with other souls on what we're going to do, how we're going to affect each other in a life, the different roles that we'll play with each other. Sometimes we're the villain, sometimes we're the hero. And 
we play out on this grand stage that is that is earth and that is our life experience oh my god this is mind-blowing like I'm just (laughs) I am literally over here just like my mind is bending and just so it's so fascinating and I think it's fascinating for everyone because at the core of who we are we're constantly here being like who am I? Like, this is the journey. And so just even hearing you speak about it in this way, like there's like this calm sense. And this is why I'm also like, you're so destined for this because your energy and the way you deliver this and the way you speak on it is so calm. Like it makes me just feel like we're all good. You know? <laughs> oh, we're we fine. are. We're going to be. We are. We are all good. Like that's part of the thing is like we get as as humans and like, I mean, I do this too. Like we get so caught up in like everything that's going on around us. And it's important for us to kind of just chill out because like something that my higher self has told me like over and over in not only my own sessions, but in other sessions as well is like, we don't have to take it so seriously. Like it's not actually all that serious because we have infinite amount of chances to experience whatever it is we want to experience. And that's why it makes it so important to just be in love and to be in alignment and to to just value like those tiny, beautiful moments and miracles of every day, like the here and now is what's so important. Yeah, we are a soul. Yeah, we're eternal and divine. And yeah, we've lived thousands of incarnations, but where we're focused on right now is this life, is this moment. We can't change the past and we don't know what the future holds. So all we have is right here and now. And I think it's also really important to make decisions that are of our highest growth and development opportunities because every soul is here for different lessons right the overarching lesson is to learn and grow and develop and experience but like we're here for specific purposes and specific experiences and it's we don't always get to understand why those experiences happen in our lives but we do have control over how We not only interpret those experiences, what we make it mean, but we also have control over how we take those experiences and move forward. Mm, Okay. So this next question was actually down my list a little, but it's coming up already. So, cause the way you're speaking about our souls and, you know, there's like there's already like soul contracts and what we're going to play with each other and how we're going to interact with each other. So how much is predestined and like the concept of soulmates, like finding your love. And was that like a conversation as a spirit and just give us a little bit more of an inside scoop to how you're understanding how souls already have a plan, a purpose, a path. And we're just not in here living life with no, like, no real guidance or anything like that. Like it's 
the purpose is clear, the purpose is predestined, but how much of it is and how much of it is free will. And all right, now I'm spiraling, just go, just take it away. Yeah. I already know you have an answer. <laughs> oh, I just, I feel this so deeply because we all struggle with this, like the concept of predestination and the concept of free will. And it's difficult for like the human brain to intellectually understand how both can be true realities at the same time, but truly it is. We as souls, have these grand ambitions <laughs> and we make all these plans and we make all these contracts. And then, you know, it's, it's all well and good intentioned in the spirit realm. And when we get into the life, like to a certain extent, our memories of all that are wiped clean and we forget. And it's again, that journey of remembering. So while we do have, you know, plans and agreements with other souls, we come into the life and we have complete free will. It's the most beautiful gift that we're given. We can choose an infinite number of paths. We can choose to listen to those nudges that is coming from our higher self, our soul, which is guiding us to our soulmates, right? Guiding us to the experiences that the soul, you know, hoped to have in that incarnation but we can also choose to go a completely other way so we really have all the power it's a blessing and a curse at the same time mm. i would say absolutely there is a, such a thing as soulmates we have soulmates and we have soul family when we talk about soulmates we're we're primarily talking about like that romantic love right like that romantic soulmate that everybody aspires to have in the life and from a soul perspective, that romantic soulmate is your primary soulmate. It's the one that you've fallen in love with over and over in many different lifetimes. And I know we'll eventually talk about like soul groups, but fun fact, your soulmate doesn't always necessarily have to be in your soul family. It can be in like a different soul family, but that just makes it more beautiful because you choose to continue following each other through time and space to be in a life together. So absolutely soulmates do exist. Our relationships are predestined to a certain amount, um, to an certain extent in that we do, you know, have plans to meet up in a life, but it doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. And I want to emphasize like here that that's okay. Like it's okay if we don't connect with our soulmate in this life. And I know from a human perspective, it's difficult to grasp that because we want it here. We want it now. And we don't want to think about that happening in other lives. But the reality of the situation is that we have an infinite number of lives that we can live with our soulmate. We already have lived multiple incarnations with our soulmate, and we will live multiple incarnations coming next with our soulmate. Whether or not we meet up in this life here and now is for us to decide um, and is for us to let it unfold in the way that it wants to happen. But it's okay if we miss the signs because like I said, like our souls are always in spirit. Like we're with our soulmate right now in the spirit realm. Mm. We just are unaware of that. It's, it's, it's extremely complex and it's also like extremely romantic in a way too. Totally. Like that is really the vibe that I feel right now. Like it's like, there's so many questions spiraling in my head, but at the same time, it's so simple. 
like at the same time it's so clear it's so calm it's like there is no right or wrong it's like very kind of what I said before like it's all good like we're all okay and this actually wasn't a part of my question but um I did want to see if you have an uh an understanding of like why or if you've heard even in like your past life regressions with your clients, why do we get that memory wiped clean when we come as a human? Like, why can't we have a little bit more of an understanding of where we came from? That is such a good question. Um, it's really for our benefit, because if you think about it, like we've probably lived thousands of incarnations. If we came into this life experience, remembering everything that has ever happened in every life, we would be so overwhelmed that we wouldn't be able to focus intentionally in the experience that we're having now. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't be able to resolve karma with other souls in the experience that we're having now, because we would have remembrance of everything they ever did to us in every life. And we'd be less apt to want to work that out in our current experience. Um, so there's that aspect of it, mm. but we can get glimpses, right? And as you know, like you've experienced this. So at this, it, it, it's a very special time to be a soul on earth right now, because at this time in the evolution of humanity, we are able to more deeply and intimately connect with our souls in a way that we never have been before. And in a way that is more acceptable. Like we're not going to be burned for having these conversations, right? The way we may have been right, even like a hundred years ago or so. Right. So as our consciousness evolves and as our consciousness expands and as our awareness expands as a collective, we are more open to having those experiences. And therefore those experiences come into our field more regularly and it's things like having a past life regression can serve us because it gives us the insight and wisdom that we need to know about what's going on in our current life situations now mm -hmm. that will serve us the higher self will never show you anything that is not relevant to what you're currently experiencing in your life the higher self will always show you what is of your highest good and your highest benefit, not only for yourself, but for the good of all as well. Mm, okay. So, I mean, even from my experience with you, like my, when I went and saw my past life, well, the life that, you know, my spirit team allowed me to see, it was very in alignment to the life I'm living now in regards to the lessons and the mission and what I want to do differently this time. Like it was fascinating. I'm not going to go too deep into it because we'd be here for literally hours, but it did seeing that past life did help me understand why I'm doing what I'm doing as in being a mindset coach, wanting to help people impact people. Um, but why I want to do it differently. So I can understand to a degree, like when you're saying it's for our benefit that we don't have much of a memory because that would be overwhelming. That yeah. would like, it, how do you even focus when you're worried about what happened before and who's this person and all of this stuff. So I understand that. Um, and you kind of touched on it already. Uh, and I want to go a little deeper into this conversation with your understanding of it is around karma, because I know like I've even heard myself say this sometimes of like when something weird happens, or 
you know, even I've heard my friends say this of like, I must have done this in a past life because I don't know why this continues to happen to me. Like <laughs> this must be something in my past self has done. And now my past life is coming back to, you know, teach me this lesson or whatnot in a very lighthearted way. But there's also, you know, a heavy way people talk about karma. And I also think there's also an energy of fear around it too. Like, I don't think we understand what it means or how it works. So what is your understanding of karma and how you like see it in this life in as a human. Yeah. I love that you touched on the lighthearted aspect, but also like the heavier, denser aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a beautiful illustration of how humans interpret karma. And on the one hand, it's very serious, but on the other hand, like we almost have to like take a lighthearted approach to it because it, 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 because it is so serious. So how I define karma and how, what I found through this work is karma is less of a consequence of your actions and more of a balancing. And I think that's where a great misinterpretation happens because people think that they do like what goes around comes around And while it does, to a certain extent, it's not a nefarious or malicious thing. So from a soul perspective, karma is simply a balancing of experiences. So that which you do in a life, you will also, like in terms of extremes, if you do something extreme in a life to somebody, you will also experience that extreme in a life. And it's the balancing so that the soul can get a 360 degree view and understanding of that experience from both the receiver and from both the giver. So it's a balancing out. And I'll give you a couple examples. Um, I, a lot of people think about like the most nefarious thing you can do, like murder, right? Like murderers, like what is their karma? So somebody who does an extreme, like taking a life will have to experience that loss in another life. And that's the balancing out of karma. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a life for a life. It could be that not, it could be that that person's life gets cut short in another life because that's what they did to somebody else. But it could also mean that they lose somebody in a really unexpected or tragic way. And they have to live the rest of their life feeling that loss as a reflection of the loss that they um, incurred others to feel in a different experience. It could also mean the loss of their life in the way that perhaps they have to dedicate their life to somebody in service. So perhaps that soul will come back into another life with them as a severely disabled or, you know, individual that needs full-time care. And it's the dedication of the life to being in service to that individual. That is the repayment of the karma. So it's not taking stock of the bad things you did and the good things you did. And like, keeping it on a scorecard. It's just more of a holistic experience of 
that one experience that you did, if that makes sense. No, it does. This is so fascinating because that the way you described it of like a 360 view kind of like, and I think it's, it can be really hard to comprehend from the human perspective because, you know, it's like you're in it, you're living it and it sucks and like that hurts and blah, blah, blah. But for from a soul's perspective, from a bigger expanded view of infinite life and never ending journey and how we get to grow and learn and how we shift into new experiences and how we actually grow and how we actually elevate is from contrast and seeing what we didn't like and what hurt. But even just that explanation of the soul having a full 360 view, experiencing it through all the senses of the experience and the opposite end of the experience. But ultimately it is a balancing of energy. Is that the right way to pull it? Put it a balancing I would say a balancing of experiences. And um, I also want to share it like, because we touched on like, why don't we remember and how we're, you know, remembering and glimpses can serve us because I, I have a really great example of this with a client that I worked with who in their past life regression, they had a rather sadistic life. Um, she, well, in the life, he killed some women and um, it was a dark existence, a very dark life. But how that's manifesting now in her life is she has extremely difficult and extremely challenging relationships with the women that are in her life. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the balancing out and the repayment of that karma. So that's how like, that's another good example of like, it's not always a life for a life. Like she took lives of women in that incarnation, but now she's feeling it because she has a, a deep inability to connect with other women. So it's just playing out in a new way. And this is why it's such a blessing to be here at this time, because through past life regression work, we can gain insights into why we're experiencing that now. And now my client has a better understanding of why she has such challenging relationships. And she's in a better position because she's better equipped and empowered to handle those situations differently than she would have had she not gotten that insight. Totally. Because she would just be feeling like, this is a me problem. What have I done? Like, <laughs> and not fully having like the full picture. It's like, you can't see the full puzzle to put the pieces together and that's actually what when I had my session with you was like kind of how I understood it in my head it was like I saw more pieces of the puzzle to help me put together more pieces of this puzzle like it was just like a, a fuller picture of the experience um and I don't want to like go into a dark way with this conversation however I do want to ask this question because I think there's a beautiful side to it and I'm also just genuinely, gen, genuinely curious on the topic of death and passing and, and, and humans, you know, ending their completion in life as this one specific person. What has always fascinated me is that th that passing away and, you know, moving on, going back into spirit world and continuing your soul's journey is like the only thing 
that is for sure, for sure. Like it's the only thing we know for sure when we come to this planet. Like we don't know anything for sure besides the fact that we have limited time. Yet this is the one thing we know that is coming and the one thing no one knows how to handle. Like no one knows how to handle this. So from you having so many experiences with people recalling their passing moment from past lives, what is your understanding of the physical death and how is this actually a beautiful soul's journey? Yeah, I love that. And I love that you even touched on like, you don't want to go to a dark place because that even is reflective of the way that our society views death as like this dark, sad, scary thing. And, and like, yeah, of course, like it's hard, right? Like, and, and it's hardest for the people that are left behind, but death is the way we view death right now is very reflective of our culture um, and the lens in which we were taught to view death. For example, growing up, you know, for me and probably most of your listeners, we're here in the States, right? Growing up in the States, we have our culture that shapes us. Most, uh, I, I think like the, the overwhelming religion is Christianity. So we're looking at death through that limited lens and it informs how we perceive death as we grow up. Now, it's not necessarily the only way that we can look at death. There are many other cultures in which death is viewed as something incredibly holy and reverent and beautiful and even a ceremony and an achievement. And also the way we view death right now is very indicative in the time that we're living in. It's a very modern perspective, but for thousands of upon thousands of years, ancient cultures have viewed death as something very different than the way that we think of it now. The ancient Egyptians thought that, that the most important thing a person could do in a life was to die. Mm. So I think just kind of framing that perception of what death is, is the first step. Now, what I've learned through this work um, and through this research is that death is just a doorway. Like I said, at the very beginning, energy cannot be created, nor can it be destroyed. It can only change. And so when the physical body dies, it's just a transition of our energy into a, another experience. And it's also really fascinating because what we've learned from this research is that there's nothing to fear in death because our soul lives on. Death is not the end. It is simply a doorway. And Dolores Cannon describes it. Actually, it was a soul who described it to Dolores Cannon in this way, but, but she perpetuates this analogy, which I think is really helpful. And this soul described death as it's something as easy as getting up out of this chair and going and sitting down in another chair. And what I've learned through hearing about these death experiences and like from this work, but also from people who have had near death experiences where they physically have died and come back, um, the soul actually has the choice to leave the physical body before any pain is felt. So 
the soul does not necessarily need to experience a traumatic death. Now, from a human perspective, we may see the body reacting to a painful death, right? But it's just what we are perceiving from a human perspective, when in reality, the soul's already left the body. And what I see over and over as I take clients through the death scene from their previous lives is they leave the body before they're dead. They, they are hovering above their body and they're able to see everything that's happening below. They're able to see the body reacting physically and they're able to see the reactions of everyone that's around while that you know traumatic death experience is happening. And the soul is like saying, oh, oh man, like, why are they so sad? It, they don't have to be so sad. Like they, they just don't know that they're dreaming that this is, you know, they're, that's the reality. The soul has now fully remembered that that life is just a dream. And they're like, they're sad that their family members are grieving and stuff. But at the same time, the soul is like, it's okay. Like they just don't realize that they're dreaming and they're going to be back with me so fast. So it's, it's hardest for those of us who are left behind. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, when we talk about death is the biggest lesson to be gleaned there is that it's, it's the most natural thing in life and it's truly nothing to fear. We don't have to fear the pain of death. We don't have to fear this idea of the permanence of death. Mm. Really the only thing that we have to fear is, you know, the loss of losing someone that we deeply love and care about. But it also is comforting to know that whether we are aware of it in our physical vessel or not, we're already in spirit reunited with that soul. And it's not the end of that experience with that person. We will be reunited again, and we're actually going to live multiple other lives together. Mm, I love this. And I think there's so many beautiful things that you just touched on. The first thing being that it's a doorway like that is so such a beautiful visual to see and understand. And also something you said right in the beginning of this episode was um, like, we've never left. Like we, we think we're so separate, but we're actually there and here, like we're, we're still there. And I think that is why we, we, if you have lost someone, you feel them, you're experiencing them, you're like getting signs from them. It's why we're still able to connect because we are still there. Like we're still connected. And okay, this was, that was so beautiful. And thank you for, you know, sharing your insight on that. And I think it's going to help a lot of people just understand a little more. And I've even seen some like Netflix documentaries on like um, near death experiences. I remember I was watching this one and every single one of them, said they were watching themselves yeah. like that's fascinating like they were seeing the doctors running in they were seeing they were like viewing their body from above like all of them came back and kind of had like a full visual of what went on even though their physical body was unconscious not there not present but they knew they they were like I saw it I like I saw my mom calling and da, 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 da. like they knew so that's even more validation of like we're going to be just fine. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Um, okay. So something that I'm really curious about is if souls have ages or levels and you hear people like, I remember when my 
parents would talk about like my brother and even now they'll like still say it but when we were kids especially they're like oh he was he was an old soul like he would walk around with his hands behind his back at like two years old just like cool calm collected and I was like the complete opposite like super energetic but (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious because you hear people talk about like oh she's a young soul for sure like as like an identity aspect you know but like what is your understanding of this and how do you see ages and levels of souls yeah um it's a big topic (laughs) um (laughs) I think the first thing that's you know again at all frame where I'm coming from with my definitions is like to say old soul or young soul is a very human thing. Like humans love to put la- slap labels on everything they can <laughs> and, and compartmentalize things into different boxes. Um, from a soul perspective, there's no such thing as old soul or young soul because souls have always existed and will always exist. So, but I will say when we use the term old soul and new soul, we're talking about that in terms of newer to the earth experience, because there are actually an infinite number of planets, dimensions, and levels of consciousness that we can incarnate on. We've just chosen to incarnate in this earth experience, Hmm. but, um, and, and, and it's all relative and, and it's all relative to our development. So we can live a thousand incarnations on earth and still not be getting the lessons. And so therefore we would be considered a, like maybe a newer soul because we're not advanced in our level of development, even though we've had many incarnations on earth, you can be a soul that incarnates in a much fewer amount of lives on earth, but you are really adept at getting the lessons and and learning and growing and developing. And you would be considered an old soul in because of the reflection of your development. Um, but a new soul in terms of your number of incarnations. So you see why, like, I really stay away from categorizing souls um, because it, it there's so much nuance and so much complexity to it. I will say there are signs that we can pick up on, on souls who are newer or older. Um, older souls have kind of just like this innate wisdom. They are more rooted in their truth, not the external truths of the world. They're probably people that a lot of their friends come to for advice all the time because they're very non-judgmental. They're very accepting of everything about another person, their flaws and their good aspects. And they probably are not judging, you know, decisions that they're making. They're extremely loving souls. They do not buy into concepts of division or separation through politics, through demographics, um, and through anything external. They are very much focused on like this sort of universal concept of peace and harmony with all beings, regardless. Um, newer souls, I will say, they're like so sweet, you know, you know, they're like, we just have so much compassion for newer souls because like they're trying so hard, but they haven't quite grasped that concept of sovereignty and energy mastery yet. And so newer souls tend to get really riled up 
by the external, what's going on in the world around them and what's going on with their relationships around them. They're like highly reactive. Um, they don't necessarily all, they don't really have like a growth mindset. They may have that sort of like, why does this always happen to me type of mentality? Mm -hmm. um, so those are like a few differences on how we can kind of pick up on like what's an older or newer soul. Um, but we are grouped in the spirit realm according to our development. And so I touched on this earlier in the soulmates part where I talked about like your soulmate doesn't necessarily have to be in your soul family. And that's because in the spirit realm, souls are sort of grouped based on their level of development. Um, and so each group um, is is reincarnating with other souls of the same level to continue like working out lessons and growing and achieving. So at some point, like you can move out of your soul group and move into like um, a different one or your entire group advances together. Um, and with the soulmates thing, like you could have a soulmate who is a newer or older soul in terms of their development, but you still like love each other so much that you can cross out of that group and like still come together in life. So there definitely are some signs that you can pick up on in a life, but ultimately I think like the big like um, takeaway from that is to like remove ourselves from trying to label or attach meaning to anyone's experience because we're all here as souls trying to figure out this freaking earth plane, right? <laughs> like we're all going through it. And just because we're having one experience in this incarnation doesn't mean that like we've had other incarnations that are more challenging or more, you know, exciting and easier. So mm -hmm. we're just, we're, we're just all here trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes so much sense of like, the way you described the personality trait and the emotional kind of maturity or emotional intelligence of a person is kind of a reflection of like a little bit about their soul and, and not so much of like the soul specifically is young or old. It's just right. how quickly they're kind of grasping the concept of what is going on on this planet, basically. <laughs> so something you keep saying is soul family. And I am curious, is soul family and spirit team, spirit guides, is that a different, is that different? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it is different. So soul family is essentially like a group of about 15 to 20 beautiful souls that incarnate over and over again into lives together. And they are all committed to supporting each other's growth and development and ascension as souls. And you can recognize your soul family by people that you just have instant connections with, that you just feel like you can be completely yourself with them. You meet them and you instantly feel like you've known them forever. Mm. But soul family can also be those people who cause you trauma in life. They can be the people that kick you when you're down. We are act, it's like we're actors in a play, but the character we're playing is not truly who we are. And so again, it's important to try to like, just have sovereignty in how we react because we don't like the people that hurt us the most in our lives could actually be the most loving souls who have sacrificed 
themselves to play the villain in this experience for you, for your growth, for your development. They have agreed to come in and kick you while you're down so that you can learn self-love, so that you can learn self-reliance, so that you can learn contrast, right? Like we talk about contrast and how it's essential to grow. So your soul family plays many different roles in your lives um, and, and you swap the roles in different times. So like your best friend in this life could have been your dad in a different life and your teacher in another life and your mortal en enemy in like two or three other lives. So mm. that's your soul family. Now we all have spirit teams um, and there are different types of teams and they all do different things in our lives. So our soul family has a spirit guide or maybe a couple spirit guides who are assigned to that group. And they're like the spiritual mentors or teachers of that group. So they are kind of the ones keeping everyone in check and making sure that they're still working on their lessons. And our spirit guide comes through in our gut feelings. So mm -hmm. our intuition, that's our spirit guide kind of nudging us and being like, that person's not really good for you or go here. That's like, you, you're really excited about that. Like go in that direction. We also all have a council of elders and our council of elders are a group of beings who help us understand the life that we've just come from in deeper details. So you met your council when we did our session. What happens is after the death experience, we move into the spirit realm and then a soul goes to meet with their council of elders who just helps give them perspective and understanding into the life. They don't do the full life review that's reserved for the spirit guide, but they will help the soul understand like what they did well in that life, what they could have done differently, and what was the overall purpose and lessons that they went into that incarnation to learn and experience. Then we go to meet with our spirit guide and our spirit guide does a full life review with us. So the spirit guide um, life review is where we experience the ripple effect of every decision that we made in that life. So we will, if we broke somebody's heart, we will experience that from the other person's perspective for the ripple effect of every decision in the life happens in the life review and our spirit guide guides us through that with so much love and empathy and understanding here it's important to say there is no judgment or condemnation in the spirit realm there is no right and wrong there is that experience and there is the concept of how can we learn from that experience and maybe do it different next time so our spirit guide will also help us decide what we're going to change in the next life to better accomplish that lesson that we didn't quite get in that life. We also have angels and our angels are here to assist us in the physical and they can help us manifest things in the physical, but we have to ask them. They cannot interfere without our consent. So whereas like our spirit guides, we might ask more of like, is this right for me? Am I on the right path? Is that the right job or the right person? Are angels, we can ask for specific things. So like, I always love to wake up in the morning and ask my angels to show me miracles. 
and your angels can manifest things in the physical for you. So there are a variety of different teams that we all have at our disposal who are like ready to give us guidance, but they're each sort of specialized in their own areas. Oh my God. So, okay. <laughs> we, are, <laughs> we are far from alone on this journey. And I think from my my own personal journey of like realizing I'm capable of so much more and just like expanding my um, vision and capacity to vision a next level life and all of this stuff. Like since I started diving into self-development, really a big part of that was actually understanding that I'm not alone and that there is support here and finding my own way of connecting to something bigger than me because something I know is when you're going after a really big dream, when you're going after a really big goal, what we have as a human and clearly from our conversation is a very limited perspective. And if you want to go big, achieve big, you have to, you know, set your vision, get clear on your vision. But a big part of my uh, way that I manifest and create is by allowing them to step into and help me co-create this vision because I know they know things I don't know, but this was a huge part of my journey is uh, the only way I can describe it is like, feeling, getting to a place and creating a connection with something bigger than me, like spirit team, spirit guides, or just an even a higher energy, something that I can connect to. And over time, realizing it's safe to let go. And I don't need to do everything myself or feel like everything, the weight of the world is on me. Like this was huge for me. And I really believe a big reason to why I've been able to grow so quickly was because I've been like, that surrender aspect of like, it's this or something better. And I know some, I know the universe has my back. I say that all the time. The universe has my back. Like I'm going to be okay. I, I know it's going to work out and this is my vision, but I'm, I'm open to what you taking me even beyond that. And just that energy in itself of being open to connect and interact and play with your team, your spirit guides, whatever feels more comfortable for you to say um, has been huge for me. So how can someone kind of start creating a bit more of a connection or at least allowing the guidance in? Like, how do we do that? Yeah, I think the first, the very first step is to just be open to the idea that we don't have to do it all ourselves and that it doesn't have to be so hard. There is a multitude of help available to us, seen and unseen, right? So the first step is just being open to the idea of more. We are being called to trust and surrender to the co-creation of this experience, and when we can finally take our human claws off of the situation Literally, yeah. <laughs> and allow the universe and our angels and our spirit teams and our spirit guides to just shower us with a multitude of opportunity and experiences, like the universe will show up for you if you let it. And, and the reframe there is just, again, like taking our claws out of it. Like if we're holding on so tight, there's no room for anything else to come in and affect the experience. And that, that puts us in a really difficult position. But 
it, and it's hard to let go and allow because it involves a complete blind faith that it's going to work out when you don't understand the how, but you're attached to the why. And then it's the job of our spirit teams to come and, and make the how happen. Um, so there's that. And then I will say like our spirit teams are available to everybody. This is not something for the spiritual or the advanced or the older souls. Like they are actually screaming at us to connect with them because they want so badly to help us in our life. And fun fact, like that's something that I've heard over and over in sessions. And like my spirit guides told me in a session, like you don't talk to us enough. We're always talking to you, but you're just taking in like, it's not a two-way conversation. So like they do crave a two-way conversation and we can connect with them in meditation. That's probably like the best way is just tuning out the external and like just connecting to our internal landscape. It takes practice and it does take time to really, it's like a muscle. You got to work to kind of like open that channel. But once you've got it open, like shit, just, I'm sorry. I don't know if I can cuss, but like things just flood in. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you touched on like that blind faith and the trust and something that I constantly say it's like the how is not your job. The how is not your job. The how is not your job. Even yeah. though like in me knowing that, teaching that, preaching that, you know, like I'm human as well. And sometimes like I get stuck in that shit of like, how, how <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I don't know, but it is all about that blind faith and that trust. And that was a really big part of why I realized I need to create a connection with something outside of myself because it's too, it's too heavy to hold. Like I, and I don't need to, I don't need to do that. And trusting that something else is there. It's like, you have to, um, I remember a mentor saying this, if you never leap, you'll never know the net that is there to catch you. And this is like, what is why so many people are so adamant that their claws will stay really tucked into life because it's like, I will not leave. Absolutely not. Like that sounds petrifying. And if I let go, what am I risking of falling away or the momentum will stop or just anything. But it is really fascinating how quickly the net shows up when you do surrender. And it's not, and I think people get confused here of like, it's a physical surrender of like, I, st I just stopped working, which sometimes, sure, depending on like where you're at. Like, I know for me, I've definitely had to be like, I just need to put the pen down because like, <laughs> we're complete. Like I'm toast. I, I There's nothing here. Um, so yeah, sometimes it is a physical surrender, but for the most part, it is more an energetic surrender and allowing your yourself and kind of what you said, when you're so hooked in, there is literally no room for any ex other experience to come in. And that is like how I visually feel sometimes when I am visualizing that next goal of like, if I am so zoomed in and so focused from my perspective, from this human experience, then I am so limited energetically to what I'm even open to receiving. And for me to even just open up a tiny bit, I have to trust that there's something else there that is going to fill that gap with magic. <laughs> so yeah. connecting to something bigger than yourself is something that I feel like is a really, really big, important part of everyone's journey. And a huge, the coolest thing in kind of what you said earlier of like, 
now being a human at this time on this planet, it is more open to have these conversations. You're not going to get in trouble. There's more communities being built. If you even had the inkling to be like, you know, I'm ready to get into my spiritual vibe. There is a community somewhere that's going to be like, come on in, let's chat about it. Let's talk about it. And all these beautiful modalities that we have access to at our fingertips on from social media and now the work you're doing, the past life regression, like that is a tool to support you. And to, if you don't have faith, you will after that. Like (laughs) if you don't feel connected or wonder if anything's out there, like just lay down with Melissa for an hour and a half and and you will wake up being like, they're here. They're here. And actually I want to share this with um, the community. Melissa took a photo of me. What did you ask to come in? I was laying on my back. Oh yeah. So when I do sessions, I, I, it's really important to me to and like be a protected and sacred space right like we only want the highest and most loving light and benevolent vibrations entities and beings to enter into the space so what I called in when I took that picture was I was calling in your higher self my higher self and both of our ancestors soul family galactic beings and all entities that were of the highest and most loving and light vibrations and source energy to come into the space and to protect our space as we moved through the quantum. Mm-hmm. And what happened when I called that in, like, this is like Tanya, like every single session I do just like, like yeah. it's so much reinforcement that there's so much out there because you were in you were laying down on the floor and there was like some sunlight peeking through but the moment I called in all of those beings holy crap like the the way the sun filtered onto you was just this magnanimous like rays of light just showering over you and little reflections which I believe are beings coming into the field like and, and fun fact, like source communicates to me through light oh. and light reflections. And so like that was for me, but it was also for you too. And it was just that physical reflection and mm-hmm. validation that there's so much more. And as I called that in, you were literally being surrounded by all of those beings. And I saw that with my physical eyes, which was just <laughs> incredible. It was so wild because I had a blindfold on. And I remember like, cause I was fully present. I was awake. I was conscious throughout our whole experience. And I remember I had my blindfold on and I, well, not my blindfold, my sleeping mask and blindfold. <laughs> so intense. And I remember my sleeping mask is black as well. Being like, it is a bright as fucking here. Like I am laying on my back, my mask is on. And all of a sudden it felt like my mask was white. Like I remember being like, it is bright right now and my eyes are shut and I have a mask on. So I like saw it with like my third eye or whatever the hell I was seeing through. So I saw it, I felt it, but this is just like more, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't need, you don't need that physical evidence to know like something's here, but when it shows up like that, it's so comforting to be like, see, yeah, <laughs> see, it's, it's here. It was there and it was real. And I saw it and I felt it. And now there's a picture of like all of these light on all of this light on me. So Melissa, this conversation was so mind blowing. I could literally talk to you all day and 
I honestly feel like I have even more questions now <laughs> about this whole, <laughs> this whole experience. Um, but share with everyone how they can find you if they want to do a reading with you. Like what's, how can people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so you can connect with me in three different places. Um, Instagram is probably where I am the most intimate. Um, so go to Instagram for the poetry, for those deeper and more intimate moments. I share, like, I think Instagram is like my diary. I share a lot about like what I, what I've done, but that day, but I also share a lot about like what I'm moving through energetically, the good and the bad. No, 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 not the good and the bad, <laughs> the like maybe more easier times and the more challenging times. Um, and I do that because I want people to understand, like, just because you're spiritual doesn't mean that everything's easy. Like I go through really dark, <laughs> voidy phases and I share all of that on my Instagram. So if you really want to get like a more intimate relationship with me, connect with me on Instagram. Um, my handle is angels and earthlings. Um, and then my podcast. So my podcast is also called angels and earthlings. It's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's, um, it's an extension of my Instagram. I mean, I pour my whole heart and soul into my podcast and I talk a lot about souls and the journey of souls on the podcast, but I also invite in other conversations about holistic wellness, uh, mindset, manifestation, things like that. Uh, connect with me on TikTok at angels and earthlings. If you are looking for more like interesting and engaging conversations. Like TikTok is where I have conversations. So I go live on TikTok um, two to three times a week. And um, so, yeah, those are just the different facets of, of me and how you can connect with me on my socials. And if you're interested in having a past life regression uh, hypnosis session to really go deep with your soul and to really have that incredible experience in a more intimate way. Um, you can learn about that through the link in my bio at any of those places. And my DMs are open. So no matter where you want to connect with me, I love to have conversations. I love to answer all of your questions. Like I could talk about this stuff all day long. So if you guys have questions or ideas that you want to just kind of talk through, like my DMs are open. I, I welcome all connections. I think the beautiful thing about the internet, again, like this day and age is that like, I'm actually a massive introvert and I do not go out to like parties or like really big social gatherings, but I've been able to find like, like souls on the internet who have been attracted to me because like we have that soul resonance and soul like we're vibrating on the same frequency. And so I absolutely love the souls that I've been able to connect with through the internet. It's just such a special time and place. Mm, this is so perfect. And I'll link your handles to all of that in the show notes too. And just thank you for coming on here and being so open and so honest and so vulnerable with us. Like this is such a cool conversation and I think my community is really going to love it. And just thank you for being here, Melissa. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. Like I said, this is like such a full circle moment for me. I'm so honored to be featured on your podcast and to have these conversations. It's an absolutely beautiful and mind-blowing world that we live in. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Big Dreamers Bible Podcast. If you love this episode as much as I did, feel free to share it to your Instagram story, tagging myself and Melissa. 
Her Instagram handle is going to be in the show notes. We would love to hear from you and hear your biggest takeaways. So with that being said, I can't wait to connect with you more on Instagram and I'll see you next week.